It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. I am so excited that you are here today because we are talking about one of my favorite topics. We're going to talk about harnessing your intuition and how you can get out of your own way and shine your divine light. And we have two beautiful soul sisters on today who are going to help you figure out what intuition is and how to really cultivate your intuitive wisdom because i find having worked with hundreds of midlife women at this point so often midlife women are like why am i not happy well one of the main reasons is that we're not tapping into this deep intuitive knowing that is really that, that higher self, the, the knowing of consciousness that can really help inform us of what is right. And I know that was really my situation. I have a question for you. How is your, your intuition? Are you able to understand things immediately without the need for conscious reasoning or deliberate thought? Or are you really in your big brain, really stuck with overthinking, ruminating, not listening? Well, again, that was really where I was at for years. And there's a lot of reasons why midlife women kind of get disconnected. It's not that it's not there anymore. We don't lose our intuition. But here are a couple reasons why you might not be as tapped into as you could be. First of all, fear. We live in a culture right now that is, is I wouldn't even say spoon feeding us. <laughs> it's like bombarding us with fear. There's a lot of things happening in the world. And when you tune into the media, talk to friends, look at your own situation, it's super easy to activate your amygdala, your fear brain. And what that does is it puts you into fight, flight, or freeze. That is your reptilian lizard brains. Lizards don't have intuition. They are moving right on their um their instinct right they're asking is this friend is this foe do i need to flee do i need to eat it do i need to have sex with it what is this thing and so when we are in fear we really are not in that intuitive knowing so that's number one number two is that midlife women have the highest rate of depression for any group for our age and gender and the research suggests that depression as well as anxiety. And there's a lot of anxiety in midlife women. I think menopause can really mess with your sleep so that you're feeling kind of anxious and out of sorts, but that can really compromise your intuition. Another issue is that we often have conflicting motivations, which keep us stuck. For example, maybe you're single and you really wanna be in a beautiful heart-centered relationship, but you also want your freedom. And you know, if you take a look at little kids, they know what they want. They're like, I want strawberry ice cream. I wanna play, I wanna watch this show. They know intuitively. And we, again, stop listening and cultivating that. And I see that a lot too. I think a great example is um, being a dietitian where I learned to categorize food into macronutrients, fat, carbohydrate, and protein, and vitamins and minerals, micronutrients and stop listening to my intuition. You know, if you listen again, a baby, right? Babies like screams when it's hungry. 
and it stops eating when it's full. And we lose that intuitive power. We have all of these conflicting motivations. We don't tap into it. Another thing that's huge is changing life circumstances. Anybody out there, midlife, changing life circumstances, right? Maybe you're taking care of elderly parents or you're taking care of teenagers or you're heading for empty nest, you're switching careers, you're moving. What happens is when we change our life circumstances and we've got all new stuff in our life and we're trying to figure everything out, it can make it really hard to tap into our intuition two final reasons, and I think these are the big ones in my life. The first one is um, we listen to our big brains. We've got this incredible intellectual capacity to overthink things, to think things through. And I know my life, I grew up in a um, household which was very scientifically oriented and woo was not okay. Things that did not have a specific scientific uh, backing behind it. If there wasn't research, then you didn't want to go there. Things like Reiki and intuition and those sort of psychic downloads that you get. And so I really turned off my inner knowing, I think at a very early age where I stopped listening to guides and intuition and really just listen to my big intellectual brain. And I'm, I'm trying to, to work on expanding my intuition now. So the big brains, and I think one of the biggest things is we look outside of ourselves. We are often, as midlife women, we're people pleasers, right? So instead of saying, well, I want to have this job or be with this person or live in this place because it makes me feel good, we're thinking, well, what are my parents going to think? What looks good in society? Or we're comparing ourselves to other women thinking, well, she looks great with that haircut. Maybe I'll look great with our, that haircut. Even our intuition is saying, nope, don't go there. That's not, that's not the look for you. But we look outside of ourselves, and again, it's this consumerist culture that tells us, you know, when you have this stuff, then you'll be happy. And we're on this hamster wheel, always chasing stuff. The next move, the next career bump, the next relationship, the next great restaurant, all of those things, instead of looking within and honoring what our heart wants and what our gut wants. And we, so as a result, we overplan. We like constantly to, you know, try to protect ourselves from uncertainty because let's face it, uncertainty is scary, but that, you know, when we do that, we really not only strangle our intuition, but we suck the joy out of life because to be joyful, you got to kind of be a little on the edge, you know, for magical things to happen you've got to let go and let God and spirit in and listen to your intuition. And there's a wonderful Yiddish proverb, which our first guest, who I'm going to introduce CLB in a moment, I learned from her incredible show, we plan God laughs. And that really expresses a truth that I think we can all relate to, right? At every stage of life, we make plans setting out who we want to be, where we want to go, imagining what we will be like when we get to that point. But, you know, things have a crazy way of not quite turning out as they hoped, as we hoped for. But I like to remember that the universe is working for us. Everything is happening for us, not against us. Even my diagnosis of breast cancer, I can see so many silver linings of slowing down, <laughs> listening to my intuition, taking some time off, 
looking at some of my workaholic tendencies, looking at some of my ego issues and working on myself. But, you know, here's the thing that shifts happen. You know, it's normal, especially at midlife, and we can either fight them and say this shouldn't be happening to me and we can over plan and ruminate or we can just surrender to what is. Um, and if something isn't working, we can address it or we can adjust to let it happen and not worry so much about it and see that, you know, I might not know the reason now, but there is a reason down the road. And so on that note, I'm going to introduce our first guest. And she's just an example of like letting joy in. This is actually um, CLB is my first guest that I think I've met face to face first. And such a magical occurrence. I was downtown Burlington where I where I live near. I had just been to the hospital for a treatment and I was meeting my bestie, Christine, um, um, Catherine. And, you know, Catherine was like, there's a pop-up hip-hop museum happened at the Flynn Museum. Like, who would have thought it, that there's this incredible museum with all of these amazing hip-hop fashions happening right in little old downtown Burlington. I think we're a city of maybe like 60,000 people. And there's a gorgeous woman, LB, and we hung out, and we danced, and we did and we just had a great time and little did I know what just an incredible amazing woman she is and she's talking about hip-hop and healing we can use music as a force to ourselves to create community and, and ultimately you know to heal the planet because let's face it the that needs a lot of healing right now. And so Christine L. Bowen, also known as CLB, is a free spirit, spirited, conscious creative who lives presently, loves wholeheartedly, laughs regularly, and is very passionate about living life at its creative best and inspiring others to enjoy the same and shine. She has over 30 years of combined experience in visual communications, professional networking, and mass media, and has been recognized by Mashable, LinkedIn, Cloud Cred as a top 0.1% global social influencer in her areas of expertise. With her groundbreaking web TV show, hashtag CLB Live, which I recommend you check it out on YouTube. It's amazing. It's hashtag CLB Live, averaging 500 plus live viewers per episode in over 135 countries. And she is also a lifelong spiritual seeker, a practitioner. She is committed to her commission of elevating global consciousness via liberating and stimulating creative minds. To that end, she is pursuing a PhD in metaphysics, specializing in conscious-centered living. And she is also the creative consult to fellow heart-centered professionals. She serves as a digital director and Sirius XM producer host for the National Hip Hop Museum. So hopefully it's coming to a town near you. Check it out. CLB, welcome to Rock Your Midlife. Hello, Dr. Ellen. I'm so excited to be on your show and hello to your listeners hello to your our, our co-host here victoria and it's thank you for that warm introduction i have to kind of look over my shoulder sometimes <laughs> yeah well it's the essence of you that's right we have all of these accolades and our cvs and all that stuff but it's the, it's your juice that just makes you so beautiful and so special so let's dive into hip-hop so I think a lot of our listeners might not know it. Their kids know what hip hop is. I know my son is creating beats all the time. So I have a good sense. But for people who don't know what hip hop is, what is it? That's a wonderful question. Great way to start. Uh, hip hop 
to me. Uh, hip hop in general speaking, it's a genre of music is seen as that. Uh, in the broader sense, though, hip hop is a culture. Hip hop represents community. It represents uh, social commentary. Hip hop represents healing. Hip hop represents expression. Hip hop is love. Hip hop is, I have goosebumps just saying all of this. It's so many things to so many people. Um, so in a general sense, pop is a culture that has permeated every aspect of popular culture over the last few decades of its existence. I'm just honored to be in a position to uh, honor those who started the, the movement back in the 70s. It was fun to see the museum and tell people a little bit, go and catch the museum. Where are some of the cities that it is going to be at? If they want to learn more about hip hop and check it out, meet you. Absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, being in Burlington was amazing. I absolutely love your town and I love uh, the people of town, including yourself. I had such a wonderful time. We did, I should be. Our team is headed to Atlanta next uh, on the end of August, August 26th. We'll be hosting one of our well-known induction ceremonies and summer concerts. We are inducting some of the biggest names in hip-hop history. Talking about Slick Rick, uh, Houdini, UTO, uh, Cool G Rap, Speech from Arrest Development, forgive me if I'm leaving. It's a long roster of wonderful hip-hop icons that we are celebrating at the end of August. Very cool. So. My, one of my major questions, though, is what was it, is it like being a woman in hip hop? Because let's face it, there is a little bit of, you know, misogyny going on in hip hop sometimes. And <laughs> yeah. um, so what's it like, especially, you know, a woman like yourself who is so gorgeous and, you know, so in, involved in this scene? What is it like? And, you know, how do you be your authentic self? Yeah. <laughs> That is, we could have a whole episode on this question, Ellen. Uh, well, thank you for your kind words. And I, as a woman in pop, I approach this with respect. Uh, even though I've been tied to the hip hop industry as a fan, as a listener, as an appreciator of the music and the genre and the culture, um, I'm relatively new to representing hip hop as an, in the industry as a whole. So while I position myself as a woman and in terms of asserting myself with what I bring to the table, definitely know what I'm bringing to the table when it's con contributing to our work at the Hip Hop Museum. At the same time, I am very humble in what I do not yet know, what I'm not yet aware of. So I wear a student cap will in my position everyone i come across whether it's one of legends whether it's one of my peers someone i meet to the museum i'm always listening and learning and so that's the approach and positioning i take as a woman however i position myself in the area of expertise that i have i stand firmly on that and it's easier said than done however I remind myself every day, I should say the divine reminds me every day how much I bring to the table. Yeah, that's beautiful. So just standing in your own power, becoming empowered yeah. and, and being the authority in your area of expertise, which is really around the PR communications. So yeah. how, um, how is hip hop a force for healing? 
Well, in the broader sense, music is a force for healing. When we hone it down to hip hop, as I mentioned earlier, hip hop represents a community of people. Uh, it started as, in my humble opinion, as a way not only to celebrate ourselves and our culture, uh, as a way to express ourselves, have a voice in spaces that we have a voice before. Um, so I see it as healing in that sense, because when we can express ourselves vocally, um, to me, that is a great sense of autonomy. It's a sense of empowerment when we use our voice. And that's what hip hop does for a lot of us, not just people who are performing and creating um, the music for us, but also those who are appreciating and listening. We are contributing our own ways. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, I guess really it comes down to, I think music elevates our vibration. So I think it's one of yes. the things I tell people when, you know, you're listening to music, if you're listening and you're feeling down, take a few minutes a day to find music that elevates your soul, your spirit. I think when I was talking earlier, I think it ultimately comes down to being in this culture right now where there are powers that are really uh, putting us into this place of, of soulful amnesia or really mm. deafening our spirit. And I think music, and we've been, I think humans have probably been crazy since there've been humans to some extent, having a voice Absolutely. and singing, you know, homo sapiens, I think having our vocal ability to communicate and music is an ability to raise your vibe, you know, change how you're feeling. And also there's this connection, there's this oneness. When you ever, you sign Definitely. everything as one love, Yes. Can you talk a little bit about how hip hop and music in general brings us all together and connects us is one species, which is what we need. I mean, my personal feeling is we should all be just coming together and saving the planet because of what's happening with climate control. We should be feeding each other Absolutely. and taking care of each other, not killing each other. Absolutely. Well, uh, it, I'll answer as precisely as possible from a meta standpoint as well. Um, music as you shared, this is going broader than pop. It's, in my humble opinion, we are living in a time, let's start here, where communication, speech, vocal communication is, we're very saturated, let's put it that way. There's a lot of value out here, don't get me wrong. However, our ears are buzzing almost from all of the tonality of speech. And so music brings a tonality, as you said, that elevates and goes above human intellect. Music does that, so does art. Uh, one of my favorite quotes these days is music and art are the guiding lights of the world. And that's a Picasso quote. Um, music allows us to speak a language that breaks all barriers. There's no racial barrier. There is no sexual barrier. There is no physical barrier in the music realm, in that tonality. And so when we are listening to music, regardless of background, we have that commonality and we're speaking the same language. And when we're speaking the same language, we can hear each other, we can see each other, we can feel each other. And when we're coming from that space, it's a divine space. And in my humble opinion, divinity is equated to love. Love is the highest vibration, in my opinion. And when we're vibrating, that is when we can heal, not just individually, collectively. That's where we can start to shift consciousness. And this is why I focus so much on creativity. 
Oh, that is such an incredible answer. I love what you are sharing. And it is it, it that from the creator perspective of, you know, I, when we are creating things that come from the divine, there is that sense that it, you know, I am connected with the divine and art as well as a beautiful way to express that. So um, let's talk a little bit more about the divine. What is the thinking and how do we get there? This is a great segue because uh, going back, uh, going behind what you just shared, um, music and art are languages of the, of the divine. It's not of human intellect. We are mimicking, when we create music or we create art, we're mimicking the divine. We're imitating the divine. So all we really need to do to connect, we don't have to do anything special. We don't need a special stone. We don't need a special statue. We really don't need anything except looking up and looking out. When we look at nature, when we observe all the colors, all the different intricate designs of nature, and I'm not just speaking of flowers and trees, I'm speaking of all aspects of creation. Every single, it fascinates me to this day, every single creation on this planet has an intricate individual blueprint and design. And with that comes tonality. Each of us have, we're, sing, we're making music right now. We're creating music with the tones of our voice. And so that is what resonates with the divine. So when we are in that space beyond our human intellect and we're tapped into nature, we're tapped into creation, let's just put it under that umbrella, that is how we tap into divine consciousness. How do we get there? Getting still, breathing, and being intentional with that process. That's all we need to do. Like I said, we don't need anything special. We have AIDS. We do need AIDS because we are human and we have that big brain, as you mentioned. However, at the brass tacks, all we need is five minutes, two minutes. Can we do 30 seconds of just conscious in, out, in, out. And doing that in nature amplifies that connection to the divine. Yeah, and for bonus points, take your shoes off. Amen, that is my sister. favorite thing to do because, again, <laughs> just getting back to vibration, and this isn't woo anymore. This is, we yeah. know E equals MC squared. We know that energy and matter are interchangeable. When you get down to the atomic level, you can see that what we see as solid matter is vibrating, and all of this is, it is, it is sound, it is light. And I love what you said, if you're listening and like, this all sounds really nice, but like, how do I tap into this? It's just, it's that simple. You take a breath and the silence piece, and it, you know, goes back to what you said earlier, CLB, is there's so much noise. You know, sometimes I walk into people's homes or I have a dear friend and she's always got her headphones on. She's listening to the news constantly, constantly as if something is going to maybe settle her soul, but we are so inundated by information and by sound and all that we don't listen to that sound of silence we don't tap into our own hearts our own guts but we can that's the cool thing yeah we absolutely can and um it's if getting still may not be second nature to you because i know a lot of us especially in western culture 
we're used to going, 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 going. Like you said, there's always something going on. Da, da, da. And so if we feel that getting still may not be the place to start, because we will sense that, that goes back to the intuition. Our intuition or our gut tell us where to begin to connect to the divine. So if breathing doesn't sound like it's gonna be your jam, <laughs> then start with music, start with movement. As you said, Dr. Ellen, just go outside and feeling the grass, feeling the earth. That is altered type of activity that will connect us to the divine. Yeah, and when you start, what probably will be ha happen is your monkey mind will go crazy. People always tell me I hate Absolutely. meditating because I get quiet and then my mind goes nuts. Well, it's like, you know, um, a crying baby, right? You've got to like, you let it cry and you let it do its thing. You observe it. Part of this is all about becoming that observing presence where you are, okay, it's my mind. These are my thoughts but not attaching to them, of developing that connection with conscious knowing, which again, I think is that the divine connection that, that you are speaking of. So what are some of your other ideas around making that conscious divine connection? And also, since this show is about intuition, building our intuitive power. Definitely through creativity. That is my number one mantra. When we are in creative mode, we are designed to be creators. We are imitators or in the image of the master creator, if you will. Um, and that is an umbrella, in my opinion, not an, a, a, a single or individual presence. Um, so as creators, when we tap into creative mind, we are absolutely freaking unstoppable, if I may put it that way. We are. We are the most powerful creatures. It's just, as you say, the big brain is what really gets in the way of us remembering who we are. And this is why today, I'm sure we're sharing these steps and these tips, because it's reminding us of who we are. Every time we take that one step of being conscious, we are reminding ourselves that we are powerful, we are limitless, we are royalty, and we are magic. We have the power to do anything once we tap into the creative mind. And I love that. And the beautiful thing is when we tap into our own creative mind, we see the divinity in ourselves and we, then we see the divinity in everybody else mm -hmm. and we can realize like i can just be my damn self and take care of my business and who i right. am and put myself out in the world and you know again turning off that big brain i love what wayne dyer says about ego stands for edging god out when we are mm -hmm. in that ego place then we need our egos we need to have a sense of but then we also need to tap into that and if you're listening thinking oh i'm not creative you're wrong if take a moment and think about everything you've created in your life, whether that is kids, family. I know for me, it's cooking. My man has an incredible garden and I just go in the back and I just pick and I really tap in, you know, I put some music on and I start chopping and um, zoodling yeah. and doing all kinds of things. So if you're listening, thinking, oh, no, who me? I'm not creative. You really are. Yeah. And if I may, before we go to break, that we are creating every single moment of our existence we are creating we are creating right now in the words that we speak words are master creators 
when we put those words together, we are bringing things into existence and it starts with our thoughts. And so when we sit down to get still and those thoughts in the forefront of our mind and our lizard brain become more prominent because we're still, that's meant to happen because it's our soul talking to us. It's our soul telling us what's on our mind. And so one of the best exercises I've done in my entire life when it comes to getting conscious is from Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Get a pen and a pad. When, those, when you sit to get still and those thoughts start to bubble, write them down because your soul is telling you what's wrong. Your soul is telling you how to fix it. Your soul just is looking for love. Beautiful. I love that. And it's just, this comes down the local verse in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so we think about spelling and spell have the same origin. So your yes. words are power. So we're going to take a break yes. and we will be back with more words, more of CLB. And we're going to bring on Victoria Shaw, who is an intuitive counselor and expert. Continue this conversation. You're listening to Rock Your Midlife. We'll catch you on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause, and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are, and navigate life. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period, Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're enjoying the show, please leave me a review. Let me know what you think about the show. And if you want to get in touch with me, just go to themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. I would love to know the types of guests you would like to hear and, again, what you think about the show. And I want to let you know that the show is sponsored by theoptimal.me. For the midlifer who wants to feel younger, stay active, independent, and energetic without pain or injury, and feel confident that this phase of life is their best yet. Take control of how you age with the optimal.me because you're never too old to take a smarter approach to aging and give yourself the freedom to make this chapter whatever you hoped for and more. I've been loving their integrative movement exercises. If you want to check it out for yourself, get more mobility, get fitter, get stronger, get more flexible, check out the optimal.me and your first 30 days are absolutely free. Before the break, we were talking with the beautiful CLB all about hip hop and intuition. And I want to bring on my friend, Victoria Shaw, who is an intuitive counselor and spiritual coach. Before I formally introduce her, I'd like to know, Victoria, do you have a question for CLB? I do. I do. This is a question I ask everybody that's on a guest on my podcast because I'm so fascinated by the diversity of answers. Um, so how do you experience your intuition? Ooh, that's a great question, Victoria. How do I experience my intuition? Lately, I would say since uh, this second half, if you will, four years ago, relationship was a marriage well um so i've noticed since then that communication has been happening through numbers numerically and so and through technology and so if there are glitches with technology for example what happened earlier Mm -hmm. today that's a sign that divine guidance is with me and so also I'm receiving messages numerically. So this year it's been primarily fives and fours. And so that has to do with uh, also your divine guides being with you. So that's been my message as of late. And I love that question. I love that answer. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is beautiful. I think it's a really good thing too, because I think a lot of people, can we do this comparison thing? And, and we're like, well, I don't even listen. If I don't hear angels, if I don't hear guides, right. if I don't see things, then I must not be spiritual intuitive. And that used to kind of be my jam. And then I realized like you, I see numbers. I mean, and also I, my tigers are my power. I'm walking a store or I'll see a tiger. Mm. And then I remember, or I'll see a rainbow, certain things, certain things in nature. Today, I saw an incredible um, young buck just run by me, you know, oh, wow. and it was just such a, well, I live in Vermont. We've got like hundreds of deer here on the island. Anyway, let's, uh, let's introduce the next guest. Uh, Victoria Shaw is an intuitive counselor and coach who combines her background and training in psychology and counseling with intuitive guidance to help clients heal, grow, and realize their full spiritual and personal potential. She takes a holistic approach to counseling, addressing clients' concerns on the mind, body, spiritual levels. She especially loves working with people who are committed to using their life experiences or struggles 
to fuel their own spiritual awakening. Victoria is the author of four self-help books for parents, children, and teens, and the host of the Intuitive Connection podcast. And I should say, too, that you are a PhD psychologist. I am a PhD psychologist, Ivy League trained, in fact. <laughs> yeah. So let's start off talking about that. How did you make that switch from you know the world? And I understand that being a registered dietitian, clinical nutritionist, of making that switch from working clinically, you know, hopefully getting reimbursed for a health plan to kind of saying, no, I want to, I want to change the lanes and do this instead. Tell us a little bit about how you, uh, how you went from an Ivy League trained psychologist to a person who spends her time speaking to spirit guides and helping other people connect to their intuition. Right. Yeah. It's a great question. And for me, it's not as discreet as you think it would be because everything that I did in my life without realizing it was always very deeply spiritually guided. And every good thing I remember as a child realizing everything quote unquote good that happened to me always seemed to fall in my lap, including going to Princeton. Like it wasn't anything that I planned. It just was a series of of things that kind of fell in my lap and 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 I found myself there. As I continued down the academic journey, however, I started to lose touch with that. And I, I didn't grow up in a spiritual family. So spirituality wasn't a word that was really used. And like you, Ellen, we are very intellectually focused. So I was really pushed in that direction. Um, but I grew up with learning disabilities. So I had to work my butt off <laughs> to like be successful in the intellectual realm. I mean, I, I did okay, but it it was, it did not come easily. And so I think that it was good in a way because I always used my right brain. I always used my creativity. I was always hearing my guidance, uh, even though I didn't know what it was called. And it wasn't until the end of my academic journey that I really realized all of the joy, all of the life, all of the passion had been squeezed from me. <laughs> um, I was doing research at a very high level as a research psychologist. And I was starting to feel like, wow, the questions that those passionate questions that got me into the field of psychology. Um, there was no way to answer them in this very left brain, very research-based. And I love research, but what I was doing, it, it was just, the passion was gone. And I remember asking my advisor, who was about as high as a person could be in the field of that we were in, in the field of cognitive psychology, asking him, okay, so when do we get to ask the big questions? Because he was philosophically minded as well. And he said, I don't know. And it was that moment I realized I don't belong here. This, this isn't what I want to do. So I took some time off. Uh, to um, I, I got married. I started to raise my family. I did some writing. That's where I wrote the four books. Um, but I just knew there was something I was supposed to be doing, and I didn't know what it was. And uh, you know, I, I spent you know maybe four or five, maybe maybe or a bunch of years with that feeling of like, wait, what is my purpose? And I would try different things, and nothing would really land. And at the same time, my kids were struggling. They, I was struggling just to parent them because I had a lot of unresolved childhood stuff that needed to be worked through, but they were also struggling. And I had a really out-of-the-box pediatrician who kept sending me to all these weird people like acupuncturists and medical intuitives and intuitives and cranial sacral therapists. And, you know, it was all weird and out of the box to me, except it was helping. And the message I kept getting from all of them was, you are so intuitive. What are you going to do with it? 
And, you know, sometimes we hear our guidance again and again, and we don't realize that a question is being answered that we've been asked, you've been asking, uh, but eventually I got the memo. And the moment I took my first intuition development class, the, the moment I t- made that commitment, everything about my life changed. It changed radically. It changed for the better. And I've never looked I love that. It's interesting because my story, I, I totally resonate with, uh, I've got more degrees than the thermometer. I was always getting more degrees <laughs> to sort few. of block out my intuition, my spirituality, because I was really scared of it. But the interesting thing to me is that my dissertation was on mindful self-compassion and body image. So it led me into becoming right. a mindful self-compassion teacher and back into spirit intuitive knowing. And so it was kind of an interesting how spirit shows up when you need it. So yes. what exactly is intuition? How do you define it? The way that I look at intuition is, look, we're all human. We're all spiritual beings having a human experience. That's what I believe. And I believe that intuition, spiritual GPS, it's the direct line to your soul. It's the part of yourself that knows all, right? Your higher self and your intuition is that connection back to that. And so it's that way of knowing that has nothing to do with our mind, your mind, which is something I studied at the Ivy League level for a very mm-hmm. long time, is something that is socially constructed. It's something that we learn. It's a consensual thing. Um, and it's a great tool to have. I love having a mind. It helps me interface and interact in this world and 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 also sometimes understand and share the things that come through from my spirit. But if we stay on the level of the mind alone, we are cut off from our higher knowing. And so your intuition is that knowing that's beyond the mind. It's beyond anything that you've been taught. It is your spiritual wisdom and we all have it. It's just a matter of quieting down a little bit so that we can hear it more clearly. Yeah, that's really, really powerful. And I think it's even more than ours. It's the knowledge of of everything, all the consciousness of like knowing these things. And when you have these clairs, yes. when you're clairvoyant or claircognizant or clair, you know, audience, and you have like, how do I know that? Like sometimes, you know, you yeah. get the sense, like I know something about somebody or I met this person before. And this is sort of this incredible uh, wealth of information that we can tap into. So you, you said we can, you know, uh, quiet our minds down, but how do we, um, how do, how do we turn our minds off even more and sort of turn the volume up on intuition and turn the volume down a little bit on our intellect, on our minds? Beautiful. Well, what you focus on grows. So my experience was as soon as I made that commitment and set that intention to connect with my intuition, it was happening everywhere. And it's happening everywhere for you now. You're just not paying attention. So the first thing is intention and attention, right? We set the intention to connect And then we start paying attention to how it's happening for us all the time. And it's happening all the time. And you start to notice. Sometimes I'll tell people at the beginning of their journey, get a journal and just start writing down everything in your life that you think was your intuition, everything that is coming through now. And just start writing, writing, writing. And you'll discover all of these amazing synchronicities, all these amazing things that have been happening for you throughout your life. And also you'll start to discern, right? If I have a hunch, if I have a feeling and I write it down and six months later, I come back to it and I'm like, oh my God, that was accurate, right? So we start to open that channel and we start to um, create that communication between ourselves and and our higher selves. But how do we tell the difference between intuition and wishful? That's a great question. I love that one. Intuition is really, really calm. It's clear. 
it's not attached to an outcome. Now there are times like there have been times in my life when I got a very strong hit to do something. I went to Egypt in 2019 and felt like I was being hit over the head with, a, you know, like you have to do that. Um, but I had no burning intellectual desire to go to Egypt. Never thought about it before in my life. This came completely out of the blue. And though it was a very strong feeling, it it wasn't something, you know, that my mind would have chosen. So sometimes that can help us too when it's something that's really surprising or something that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise. Those are usually good signs that it's your intuition. Like no one who knew pre-2019 would say, oh, Victoria is going to go travel to Egypt. Um, now, now, now it seems very natural. Um, but anyway, so starting with things that you don't have a very, um, a very strong um, attachment to how it's supposed to go will really help. If you have a feeling like, oh my God, I know this is going to happen. I've wanted this my whole life and, and it still happen, but it's more likely to be your mind uh, if you're very attached, but also it's trial and error. So it's really allowing yourself too to feel into these things. And the more that you feel into it and the more that you listen and the more that you notice, the more you'll naturally start to discern the difference, right? Because life will show. But usually your intuition is clear, it's calm, and you know that we have no emotions on the other side and we have no judgment. So if something is very emotionally laden, if thing is, you know, if you feel like your intuition is judging you, your intuition. Yeah, that's power. So, so clear and non-judgy. And I also yes. tell people, start off with things where that don't really matter. Like I like yeah. to start have people do things like just tap into your intuition. What do I feel like wearing today? What mm -hmm. color do I wear? Or what route do I want to take to work? Or do I want to have coffee or tea uh, for breakfast this morning? And you're know, getting CLB. What kind of music would I like to yeah. listen to? Things that there's there's no stake involved. You can't be wrong. Like if you decide to take a different route to work and maybe you take that route to work or like I did, you know, meeting my friend Catherine and running into CLB, it was like, yeah, you go and instead of saying, oh, I'm kind of tired, I'm going to go home. Like, yeah, I need to meet with Catherine. I had this the other day. I was, um, I needed to get blood drawn and I'm putting it off and putting it off. And I was just like, okay, you need to get your blood drawn today. And I ran into a, an acquaintance in the blood draw. And my God, she needed healing. And I sat there as we were waiting to get our blood draw, given a Reiki. And I was like, okay, this is why my intuition was telling me, get your blood drawn now. But start off with things where it doesn't really matter right. just to play. And play, I think, is a good thing, too. I think as we get to midlife and it's like we forget how to play. But play. start, you know. Play is huge. Play is huge because your intuition is not serious. People are serious. Your mind is serious. It's not serious. Intuition is fun. It's joyful. It's uplifting. And play isn't, it's purpose-driven, but it's purpose-driven in a deeper sense, right? It's its driven by your curiosity. It's, it's driven by your excitement. It's driven by like what's bringing you joy. Uh, that's the kind of purpose driven we all want to bring into our lives, right? And so I'm all for play. I'm all for play. Connect with your intuition. I'm also all for play to enhance like every aspect of life. We all need to play more. And can your intuition ever be? No. So I did a whole podcast episode on, and here's what um, came through. Your intuition in its clearest state can never be wrong. Intuition tells you what is true or most true for you in the present moment, which is, of course, oops, it's gone, oops, it's gone, oops, it's gone, right? It's always changing, but it tells you it's true in the now. 
um, and true and right for you in the now. So it's very specific that way. But first of all, things can change and things can change very quickly. Second of all, we're always interpreting our intuition, right? So you're getting that, that hit, that guidance, but then you have to do something with it. You have to figure out what it means. You have to figure out what, what action to take, you know, as a result. And that's where, you know, things start to get a little bit muddy. So the intuition itself can't be wrong, but our interpretation of it can sometimes be distorted. And another hint I'd like to give too is the body connection. Mm -hmm. What is your body saying? How is your body feeling? And again, that sense of, like you said, peaceful and not judgmental that, you know, you're not thinking with your fear brain. I know I've had a lot of intuitive stuff around my healing with breast cancer. Um, and you know, I knew there's no way in heck I was put in chemo. My body was like, <laughs> just you, you cannot, even though my, my oncologist was like, this is the protocol, this is what you need to follow. And I used to discern my path, both my intuition, but then I also consult, I have an integrative doctor, I have a homeopathic doctor, I have my conventional team. So if you're not sure too, I think it's a good idea to, you know, I don't have any, yeah. any thoughts about how, when it's something really important that your life truly depends on it, how you can learn to trust your intuition, but then also connect with your intellect and, and other, you know, obviously you've got a PhD, so you understand the book yeah. learning. How do we sort of combine these two and how do we deepen that trust? That's a great question. And you said a couple of things. And so I'm going to try to answer, <laughs> answer all of them. I think one thing to realize is we all need support. No man's an island or no woman's an island. And, you know, when people come to me, and a lot of times when you have something that, that you're very hung up on the outcome or something life or death, something that's really important, it's really great to get a second opinion. It's really great to take the information that's coming through from the world, from the outside world, you don't have to do it alone. When people come for a reading, the first time what I always tell them is my job is to give your guidance back to you. I'm the conduit, I'm the champ for that, but it's not what I think. If it's what I, I think I'm gonna tell you because I have opinions, but I'm gonna do my best to differentiate that, right? I am, I am the source for you to connect with your own guidance. And it's for you to discern and, and to feel into what resonates with you. And I think that's an approach to life, right? It's an approach to life. If I'm reading a book, if I'm talking to a doctor, if I'm listening to a podcast, if I'm going to a psychic, right? Whatever I'm doing, I want to always feel back what resonates, what stands out, you know, what messages am I hearing again and again and again and again that feel uplifting and empowering? Because again, that's your intuition as well. That's your intuition as well. And that's the sense that you're born with, that GPS that helps you navigate your life from that higher plane. Yeah, I love that answer. And I love too to just consult with my heart. And I know my heart these days is always giving me messages about gratitude. It's just like, I'm so blessed. Things are so good. Connecting with my gut, sort of that, you know, gut instinct. My gut's feeling happy, my literal gut. I know that I'm sort of in the right direction, then sort of connecting with yes. that third eye. So what are spirit guides and how do we connect with, with them? Okay. So here's the way I understand spirit guides. When you come into this human existence, right, you get a little blindfold, right? You forget your divine origins. You forget all the stuff that you know. Now, some of us remember more than others, but for the most part, we, we forget. We forget that we're more than human beings, right? We forget that more than the 3D world exists. Your spirit guides don't forget. They remember everything. They remember why you're here. They remember your purpose and they are here to support you and keep that bird's eye perspective 
even when you have the blindfold on. So I think of it sometimes if you've ever done one of those team building exercises where you have to go through one person's blindfolded and they're going through an obstacle course and everybody else is hands off, but they're guiding them through. Your spirit guides are the ones guiding you through. They can't do it for you. They can't pick you up and carry you over an obstacle, even though you might ask them many times. I know I have, um, but they will offer guidance. They will help you. They will support you. And, you know, the more you listen and listen to them too, the more it reawakens that deeper knowing in you. So you start to get little glimpses of your very own right through that blindfold and the blindfold gets thinner. So, um, but sometimes when that blindfold's really thick, it's good to know that we have this support and yeah, everybody and has them. And we have to ask. That's so key. You have to ask. Well, they'll, 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 they're always there. They're always nudging. They're always supporting us. They're always guiding us, even if we don't even know that they're there. But when we ask, that connection becomes much more powerful and much more intentional. Absolutely. All right. We're going to bring CLB back because I bet CLB has a juicy question for you. We've got about two and a half minutes left. CLB, do you have a question for Victoria? I sure do. I'm enjoyed everything you've shared Aww. so far, Victoria, um, and resonate 100%. So thank you for that. Oh, uh, you. My question, absolutely. My question for you is similar. I've, it's a question I asked many of my guests, and it goes back into the music realm. What is one power song that you have to empower yourself spiritually, mentally, just physically, just what gets you moving in that intuitive role? Ah, that's a really good question. I'm a music lover, not hip hop, but but um, but I'm a music lover. Uh, like right that. now, my favorite song is "Living of Love" by the Avett Brothers. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know if it gets me into my intuition so much, but I love the song and I just, I just love the beautifulness of, of Seth Avitt's voice on that song. Um, but I'm a big music lover and I really like to combine music and movement. So I listen to a lot of like yoga music and I don't even know what I listen to half the time. And sometimes the music is in my very own head, but I love to just listen to music and move my body um, mm. just to have wants to move. And that really gets me in the flow and that just gets me feeling so good. So that's something I've been doing a lot and would love to even do more of. Such a great, great answer. I would say I love um, Kundalini music. I love it if you practice Kundalini, but sort of mm. like Sadam Kar and Always going back to somewhere over the rainbow too. I don't know. As a little kid, I used to love Good to one. just sing and really um, feel like I'm getting my voice back in terms of of singing. So, just quickly parting, you guys, just in 10, 15 seconds. Uh, CLB, how are you rocking your midlife? I'm rocking my midlife by being exactly who I was designed to be, unapologetically, powerfully, consciously, and lovingly. I love that. And where can people get in touch with you? I am clb.online. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, a pleasure. And same question, Victoria, how are you rocking ah, your midlife? I and like CLB's answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just doing my thing. And really, I think this is such a great time in our lives to just be who you are, be who you are. I want to just share my gifts with the world and have a blast doing it. And you can reach me at victoriashawintuitive.com. 
All right. Awesome. Well, Victoria, CLB, this has just been such a beautiful show. One love to both of you. Thank you so much for being here, everyone, for listening. Hey. Thank you so much. I hope that you have gained some wisdom and are going to be tapping into your intuition. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you want to get in touch with me, it's themidlifewhisperer.com. And leave me a review. I would love to know what you think about the show and the types of guests you'd like to hear. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife.